Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean Cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 213. If you've taken a few Royal Caribbean cruises, you've probably found yourself in the situation of trying to convince friends and family to also take a Royal Caribbean cruise. After all, you enjoy the experience, and it makes sense to want to get others to join in, too. This week, I brought two friends of mine on the podcast with me to talk about their very first Royal Caribbean cruise after years of cruising with another cruise line. We share the hits and misses of their experience on board Oasis at the Seas. Here we go. Going on a first Royal Caribbean cruise is always a great experience, and when you get friends to finally agree to try a Royal Caribbean cruise, friends that maybe you've been talking about for many, many years to give it a try, well, all the better. And this week, we've got two of those friends of mine that I've been talking about, try Royal Caribbean, try Royal Caribbean, and they have uh, given it a try going on Royal Caribbean's Oasis of the Seas. We have Mike Scopa and Michelle scribner McLean from the Mickey Miles podcast. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you, Matthew. Good to be here, and I'm so glad you can say my name the correct way. (laughs) (laughs) And Mike Scopa is also joining us here. Welcome, Mike. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for having me. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. It's funny, funny, Mike. We had Len on last week's episode, so there's something in the water this last couple of weeks. We're uh, going for Mm. sweeps weeks, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So uh, Mike and Michelle, as I mentioned, tried... Oasis of the Seas, and a little bit of background, I've known Mike and Michelle for many, many years, and uh, they're they're big Disney fans, and they have uh, both crews on Disney Cruise Line, but they wanted to give Royal Caribbean a try, and uh, really quickly, uh, Michelle, talk to us about why you picked this particular sailing and why you decided to try Royal at this particular time. Well, you were definitely part of it. Um, uh, We knew that you had the podcast, I've listened to it, Uh, we have a a wonderful travel agent who was always talking it up. Becky Mankin. And um, when it came down to it, uh, it was really the price. Uh, kind of wanted to go, but, you know, I think with Disney, you sort of have to make a, a commitment many, many months in advance. And we kind of just said, hey, why don't we go on a cruise this summer in April? And the prices were fantastic. I was blown away. So that's what that's what got me to convincing Mike nice. to do it. <laughs> So you guys went on Oasis of the Seas, and you did Eastern Caribbean, right? Correct, yes. Cool. So let's do yeah. – we're going to break this up basically with what, what they liked and what they didn't like about it. It's not all, it's not all rose petals and flowers and I don't know what else is akin to that. But, uh, Mike, let's start <laughs> off – let's start with things that you did like. Let's start there. Uh, what was something you liked about the cruise? Well, Michelle had already mentioned the price, and um, when we first looked at – what the length of the cruise was and where we would be going and comparing that to what we know would be on a Disney seven-day cruise. Uh, I think that was uh, right at the top of the list of something that was a carrot and that I liked. So right off the bat, I thought that the price was something that that I liked. Probably one of the best things I liked about the cruise. Michelle? Oh, boy. I think if I had to say the one thing that I liked the best, Matt, was – it was Central Park, mm. which is um, – should I describe what it is for people who might not know? Absolutely. So this this particular bohemoth of a ship, as we would say in Boston, wicked big ship, <laughs> <laughs> it was 17 levels. And um, in the right in the middle, uh, level eight, is something called Central Park. And it actually is a, a spot – it's a, a path that sort of meanders through a part of the ship. And it has – 
shrubs and trees and um, just beautiful foliage. And um, on e- either side of the, the pathway is um, the, I guess you'd call them the elite restaurants or the restaurants that you have to pay a little to go to. Um, but they also have entertainment there. Several nights we sat uh, with a little glass of wine and listened to classical music. And I just, it was a nice little oasis in the oasis. I really liked it a lot. I love, I love Central Park. You're not wrong about that. I like that quite a bit. So it's, it's like you said, it's a great spot, night or day. I think I like it a little better at night with the lighting and the piped in uh, birds and cricket sounds. It's kind of, it's kind of serene. I really they weren't real. I didn't, <laughs> no. I didn't, I didn't hear them, but I will say, um, because you can get a, a, I didn't realize you could get a room that overlooks Central Park if you want to. I think it's actually less expensive. We met a couple who had one of those rooms and I said, Oh my goodness, is it really loud? And they said, when they're out on their balcony, it, you know, they can hear the sounds, but as soon as you shut the door, you wouldn't know that anything's there. So. Yeah, no, it's wonderful. I've been in those rooms a couple times and love it. Yeah, really nice. So that was my favorite thing. Okay. What are some other hits that you guys did enjoy from the cruise? Anything else that you, we want to uh, um, talk about, Mike? Well, I think if we stick with Central Park, which is also one of my favorite things about the cruise, I thought that the quality of the food in those uh, restaurants were uh, – I thought the quality was very good. I thought that uh, each of them having their own galley uh, really contributed to the quality of the food. And uh, if I had to do it all again, I would just eat there. Which ones did you eat at? All, all of them. them. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> did we you... were messing around. <laughs> yeah, good for you. So, you uh, Which of the specialty restaurants was your favorite, Mike? Oh, my God. Now I got to think about uh, – which one was my favorite? Michelle, what was the one that we went to where they made that thing in front of you? Oh, 150. 50 Central Park. 150 Central Park. Yeah, 150 yeah. Central yeah. Park. Yeah. They made a um, uh, ahi tuna kind of uh, a tartar. I don't know. Yeah, like a yeah, tartar. Yeah. Exactly. It was, it was fabulous. And I have to say, um, adding on to what Mike said, the service at, at those restaurants was absolutely wonderful. Um, and it was just, it was probably the best service I think that we had throughout the ship. Um, really, really nice. And the little wine bar that's there, Vintages, I think it's called. Yep. We had amazing tapas there and, um, the tapas selections, uh, not, not all vegetarian. And so, um, and I am vegetarian and I said, you know, could you maybe change up one of the things here? And they ended up changing every uh, several of the things it was a, a lot of meat on it and they brought us uh, like we were so full after that we didn't know if we could eat dinner but great great service there. the other restaurant that was across michelle that we ate where we had the uh we had the um uh, people next door to us that were uh remember the little girl yes. was watching the video what was yeah. the name of that restaurant chop chops 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 yeah. that 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 yeah. I don't know. I think that might have been my favorite. I, I, you know, I think about that one, and they were both pretty, pretty good. But that one might be the best, and I'll tell you why. I just think that they, uh, I'm, I'm very. The thing with me, Matt, is I don't know how you are with steak and meat, but I'm very particular about ordering any kind of steak in a restaurant because I'm not sure they're always going to cook it just right. I ordered, I don't remember what I ordered, some kind of a steak at that restaurant, and they cooked it 
just perfectly, just as just as I would cook it. So, I mean, I got to give them props for that. So, I'd, I'd say chops nice. might be my favorite. Michelle, and they let us sit. Oh. oh, I was just going to say about that. They let us sit outside because we were listening to the classical music. We kept on co- going back there every night to to that area. Um, so we we got to sit outside and listen to the music at the same time. Um, what what was my favorite? I think it was the Japanese restaurant. Um, yeah, I love that. I have to say, and this is this is probably my going over sliding over to the negative. My biggest negative was the cigarette smoke in the in the casino. And we both felt that that's on the fourth floor where the casino is. I love the food there. Um, did not care for that that aspect of it. That it's right near the cigarette smoke. And it's the only restaurant on the ship where, where that's an issue. But um, but the the, the Maitre D there was terrific at Izumi. He he basically said to Mike and I, "Let me take care of your drinks." I he never met us before. I know what you want, <laughs> so I said, I, I, "I would love to try one of your cocktails." I don't like anything too sweet. I'm not like somebody who likes super super sweet cocktails. And he said, "Let yeah. me do it." And then Mike, he said to you, "Let me choose your beer," and you loved it. Yeah, I'm looking for it up here now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. So, that's that's great yeah. to hear. What about the shows? Did you guys see any of the shows on board? Yes, we did. We saw the ice skating show. We saw the diving show. We saw, um, I'm sure the, you know, people rotate a little bit. We saw three, three Vegas tenors. Um, and then we saw the thing that I think Mike would say that he liked the best. We saw a full Broadway version of Cats. And I've seen Cats many times. It was outstanding. It was really, really good. Um, poor Mike had to hear me sing every single song but it was uh, really uh-huh. really good was, should we should we have a little rendition of memories right now <laughs> that's my least favorite song in the show uh, <laughs> that's literally the only song i know i don't even know the song if i heard it I'd be like oh yeah it's that song from cats but oh i gave him the whole background of t.s Eliot poems and, uh-huh. yeah he was just <laughs> hey, that's great waiter another drink here I felt like i was at the opera you know <laughs> yeah funny but awesome. the what? other shows were interesting i mean i think that um one of the things that we we both mentioned and mike i'm sure will chime in is that i wouldn't say aside from cats i wouldn't say the shows were at the level of a disney cruise which is which is i think what we were comparing but when you take something like the ice skating show which was a little the whole show was a little strange in terms of what the story was the the technical um prowess of these skaters to be able to do the moves that they did in this tiny tiny ice rink we were blown away so they were uh and and i think the same thing for uh the diving show which i think was kind of like uh i want to be cirque du soleil but i'm not really cirque du soleil but the the swimmers were just i mean they were really 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 good so um one of the one of the things about the shows outside of like cats which obviously is a broadway show and uh, that being aside, a lot of the original Royal Caribbean productions, up to only the very most recent ones that have been added to like Harmony of the Seas, storylines are more secondary. Like where Disney really develops, I mean, a lot of these times the, the Disney shows are based on obviously their films and and works of that nature, right? With Royal Caribbean, a lot of these shows are like you know, like Come Fly. Did you guys see Come Fly with me? Yes, I'll use that yes, as an example. Yeah. Like there is a story to it, but I mean it's not like a really it's it's like you said it's more about the the individual performances both whether it whether it's skating or singing or 
dancing, performing, however you want to look at it. Um, there is more of an emphasis on that than perhaps like an overarching story plot line that you can follow. There's something usually happening, but uh, Royal Caribbean, I think, with some of the newer shows on the newer ships, they've started to put a little more attention to that because on some of the other ships, there really is no storyline. There's just a number of performances that are put together. Um, and that's always something that I've noticed right. as well over the years. It's like, oh, there's not, there's not really a coherent storyline. They're just yeah. performing. And it's like, okay, was, well, it is what it is. There was one thing in the skating show where they were all dressed up like Alice in Wonderland, but they were dan- they were skating to 70s music. And we're like, what? <laughs> but the skating is great. They were really, they were really great. Come on, so. did you get Jeff- Jefferson Airplane, right? <laughs> White right. Rabbit? Come on, that's totally accurate. Uh, was that in there? I didn't remember. I, you know, is it something that's not going to make me go on the ship again? No, I enjoyed it. It was, it was, you know, I, I, we were both saying kudos to those performers. We thought that sure. they were really, really good. So let's talk about some of the things, the, the detractions. You mentioned already the casino smoke. And I'm, so is the, the, is the issue for you, Michelle? I was just unclear about it before. The smoke was getting, were you smelling the smoke in Izumi or just in general? Yes, yes. And, and in general too. I have more, I have more likes if we want to do more likes. <laughs> I would love more likes. Absolutely. Okay. Um, for me, the solarium was go to yes. place for the, the day at, at sea. Um, I didn't go in any of the pools. Um, it, they were just very, very crowded. But I just had a book and a really comfy, comfy chair. And uh, they would come around with the drink of the day. And I just I thought that was was great. So I'm sure Mike enjoyed it when it, the, being able to enjoy the solarium, Mike, and your Speedo and being able to just really <laughs> relax and let yourself go. Right. And nothing says nothing like a gold Speedo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good place to people watch. That's, that's for sure. Um and uh, I don't. I, I know Michael chime in too with other things. I thought that the uh, the dining at the Solarium and also the Windjammer, which are quick service places, were was very very good. Um, I wish they really, did. Did they have in the Solarium Bistro? Did they have a uh, Moroccan tomato soup by any chance on your they, on your selling, Michelle? They they might have, but we didn't we only see. ate there for lunch. I think we lunch. didn't eat the yeah. yeah. Nice. Oh, that, but the that, wood jammer, we we yeah. didn't care for the the silk restaurant, which is where we were placed, and we can talk about that in a, a bit. But we ended up up going to the wind jammer. I think the one night that we didn't have dinner at a specialty restaurant. Two but, nights we went to wind jammer. Michelle, remember yeah, uh, yeah. they were serving champagne on the last night and everything, and it was. I heard they do that every night. Somebody said they do it every night. The quality of the food up there was better than I expected it to be. It was very very good. We went there for. Did we go there for breakfast too one time, Michelle? I think. I don't yes. Think so. I, I got I got my coffee every day. I ran up there to get my coffee, and started my day sitting on the the balcony looking out where we pulled. We were, so yeah, well, I think yeah. we pulled a Hotchberg on that one day because we went to a late breakfast and then we waited till they turned it over and then we went. Then we stayed there and we went to lunch. You know how that is, man. Yep, yep. That, that's a solid strategy. You start out with breakfast and you end with lunch, and you never have to get up. It's great. Right, right. Other things we liked, Mike. I have more, but I uh. There were several things that we did that I thought were kind of fun. One of them was when we went to the how to do how to make guacamole. Uh, guacamole, yeah. guacamole, whatever that is, and <laughs> and that that was fun. 
uh, making the guacamole, although I guess mine was too hot for even the person who was teaching yeah, us. Yeah, the guy who's <laughs> teaching it, who was from a Latin country, said, I can't eat this, it's too hot. Uh, mine was no too mas, hot. no mas. No <laughs> mas. But, but that, was, that was enjoyable because it was a surprise. We ended up uh, making the guacamole, and the next thing I know, they're taking orders for margaritas and for lunch and i didn't that that was a surprise we thought we were just there to uh, make guacamole and and so that was a that was fun it was really fun and everybody made guacamole with two avocados it was was a lot and so we're all munching away they're bringing the chips we're stuffed and then they said oh what would you like for lunch and what what margarita and they were like bringing margaritas so that it was what a value i think it was i don't know twenty dollars or thirty dollars and were we there for two hours, Mike? I don't know. Yes, I think so. It was I a long so, yeah. time. It was a long, long time. That was fun. Yeah, I agree. Um, another thing that we liked was uh, the excursions. Uh, we went to St. Thomas to Megan's Bay and did kind of like a tour of the island. Mike has a, a sore knee, so we couldn't do um, a lot of walking around type of stuff. But that was fun. And then um, to St. Martin. We did a similar thing, and we went to a butterfly farm because I had to get my science on on vacation. And that was really good, too. Highly recommend. It wasn't very expensive, either. What what does one do in the the butterfly exhibit? I'm just curious. Well, well, first of all, it's gigantic, and it's gorgeous. It's beautiful, just the the whole going up to to the butterfly farm. Um, And then there is a docent there who talks about butterflies and... Um, you know, where the butterflies come from, where they live, blah, blah, blah. And then just a really interesting collection of, of different butterflies and free rum punch. So can't go wrong. Hey, <laughs> butterflies, what goes butterflies and rum punch. And rum punch? <laughs> <laughs> Naturally. So I, I enjoyed it. I, I think Mike Good. enjoyed it. I have some great, great photos. Yeah. yeah. So, and then they let us off in um, the French section and we went to a French uh, bakery and got some pastries. Nice. All right, let's talk about some of the things, the attractions. We mentioned the smoke. Uh, The main dining room, Silk. Let's start there. That's a good one. What what didn't you like about the main dining room? Wow. Uh, First off, we didn't want to sit with a bunch of people, and they had put us in some area with about five or six other couples, and that's not what we wanted, number one. And number two, uh, when they did move us, they put us in a high high traffic area which i thought probably shouldn't be for anybody um they took our orders and they got the they got the drink orders wrong hmm. when the food they, came it they came. didn't just get the drink orders wrong they they brought me my wine and i looked at it and i said that's not the wine i ordered they said yes it is <laughs> I'm like, no no it isn't yeah yes it is so um, uh, but yeah. they took they brought it back but it was at dessert time when they brought it back to us. The, the food t- sort of tasted like it was a TV dinner. It was not really hot uh, because this, they were just serving so many people. I'm trying to, you know, trying to give them a little break here, but they just serve so many people that by the time you get your meal, uh, mm. it's not as hot. And when and the meal came before the wine, um, so that was that was an issue. Um, and then the well, uh, one of the the head servers came over. And she said, how is everything? Which is great. And I said, actually, it's really cold. She said, well, you could just have two desserts. <laughs> so, wow. Okay. That's amazing. <laughs> and, and then, and then one thing we need to point out is that one of the, I think one of the group leaders, uh, I mean, they had little managers that 
oversaw different areas of the restaurant. And I guess we were supposed to be in his area, and he found out that we did not have a good time. So when we went on the galley tour, he came over and he said, I want you to come back. I'll make sure that everything is fine, blah, blah, blah. You, you mentioned my name and everything. And we thought long and hard, but this is what we thought. We thought we should not have to go there. And because they know we did not have a good first impression, they're going to go out of their way to to make sure that we had a, a, a good second impression. And that's not the way it should be. Everybody should be treated the same, not just those people who kind of complained and were going back for a second try. So we uh, grace, graciously refused to go back. Interesting. When you the say first refused, part- we didn't like say, no, we're not going back. Well, what happened right. was we went on the galley tour and he happened to be running it. And he said, hey, I was looking for you. And we're like, oh, the food is kind of cold. And you know what he did? He comped our entire galley tour. He wow. added it back onto the bill. So uh, that was nice. But we did decide to go just to the Windjammer and it was great. <laughs> yeah, it's great food. The um, it, on Disney Cruise Line, they seat with the other guests too, don't they? No, in the dining room, never. No, never. I've never really. Sat with, only sat with my family or people I'm cruising with. Yeah, because I mean, seating in Royal Caribbean can can vary either way. I mean, obviously, you did the right thing by asking for another table. Unfortunately, they put you in a table that you didn't enjoy. Um, just for future reference, you can before the cruise make a request. They'd like to sit uh, by myself, or you know, sit at a table just for two in this case, right? And oh, I thought I usually... did. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's only so much they can do, but um, that's interesting, though, that the that Disney doesn't do that because I thought I could have sworn we had done that in the past. But obviously, it's been a couple of years since I cruised with Disney, so I'll I'll yeah. defer to your your info on there. I am glad to hear, even though you didn't take them up on it, that the waiter, the head waiter, did try to make things better. And I kind of understand what you're saying, Mike, that you know it shouldn't shouldn't happen in the first place. But by the same yeah. token, there he's trying to make he's trying to make it better, and he doesn't want you to get off the ship annoyed at it. And at least he's making the effort to try to rectify things. Oh, and uh, yeah, you know it's. You know, it's um, the gesture, I think, at least, I hope at least the gesture shows that they do care. It's not like, well, you know, tough luck and maybe it'll be better on the next cruise. No. Um, in fact, I would say that uh, on my positive list, the the people, the uh, the crew members, 90, 99% of them were just really, really nice. We had a... Um, a wonderful cabin crew member named George and he, he just, Mike needed ice for his knee. So he delivered it twice a day with, you know, the first time I said, can, can you tell me where the ice machine is? All of a sudden we had ice like twice a day. He would just deliver it. So, um, most everybody was great. And I really did feel like, um, they were trying to please us. I did have, I don't want to go into the whole thing, but I, I did have something that happened at the spa that, um, wasn't, wasn't magical. And I thought about it, and I went to the front desk, and I said, look, I just want to share what happened here. And they sent a bottle of champagne to the room, so so That's, the front desk did. So that was really I'm, I'm nice. real, Yeah, and I'm glad to hear that both the dining and the spa incidents that you, you do bring it up. Because all too often a big mistake I feel is people don't say anything. They just kind of internalize it. And then obviously that's a negative experience, but at least let Royal Caribbean try to make it better if, if you're not satisfied because you're absolutely entitled to have a much better experience. And hey, that, that's, I mean, it's great that you have that kind of level of service and the, you know, if they're not going to be able to undo anything, but like to the, your point, Michelle, they sent you the, you know, the bottle of champagne or the, the guy comped your, your galley tour because he wanted right. to at least, you know, make a gesture. It, it, on some level, I think I, I would hope that at least, you know, helps make you feel better in the, in the, 
in the bottom of your heart, but you know. Well, uh, you know, I think it's a, it must be a message that they they give the the crew because I heard more than one person say this could be your only vacation that you take all year. We want it to be special, so I think it's kind of a, a message that they give. And I and I really don't want to leave anybody with the impression that all we do is complain and find fault because um, I know that we went out of our way to talk about the great service when the managers would come around we would say oh our waiter Matt is amazing and he did this and he did that and oh, our, our waitress is, is wonderful and we, we thank them and um, we you know we gave extra tips when appropriate so so you know we're, we're talking about um, right. rare instances, but there were some things that, you know, just was like, Ugh. so, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I totally understand. What else, what else was, um, what else was different? What else, what no, differences did you notice between Disney? What, th- let me, let me rephrase the question. What things do you think Disney does better than Royal Caribbean? I think that the, um, uh, pampering is just a little bit better. I think that the, um, quality of the shows is a little bit better. I think that Disney does a better job of not putting smoke in the air. I think that Disney does not do hard sells like the Royal Caribbean. I can understand the first day hard sells, but we kept getting them all the time. And that Mike, why don't you describe me. what you mean by hard sells? So uh, you get on the ship, you know, you're 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 getting on the ship first day, and you're walking through, and no matter where you go, there are crew members who are trying to sell you either a drink package or a q-tip package or something <laughs> yeah, some kind of a package and it's like you know, no thank Q-tip you packages. no thank you no thank you no thank you and then when we're actually sitting down and eating we're still getting that we got that in silk and i want to say you know i wanted to go down to guest services and say look you know i it got, got to the point where i was actually avoiding walking near those people right. because I, I, the fifth, I, the fifth yeah. floor i think the fifth deck I, I was I was on the edge of just telling them to, you know, you know what you can do with that. I, I mean, it just and I shouldn't say it that way, but after a while, if I haven't purchased anything by the third day, I'm not going to purchase it. You know, I'm not going to buy the drink cards. I'm not going to buy this or that. I can understand and I appreciate the fact that they want to offer certain uh, options for the uh, guests on the first day as you're getting on the ship. That's fine and dandy, but once that ship sails. I think it should mm. stop. I don't think you're I wrong. Think, I think. Oh, go ahead, go Michelle. Ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Talk about that, and then I'll talk about the next thing. Yeah, I think that there's a balance, right? I mean, on the one hand, you know this, Mike, with with Disney, that you know there's a lot of uninformed consumers, people who don't do any research. My parents, great example. They don't research anything. They just show up to the cruise, and inevitably, <laughs> you know, there are people that would probably say, "Oh, I didn't realize that existed," right? And that's exactly what you were saying earlier, Mike. Was you know, day one, hey, you got to offer it. But there's also that balance of doing it a little too much, and I think that I've seen that as well. I mean, obviously, I just say, okay, no, thank you. We already have it or something like that. And they're, you know, they're, that's it. They that's of, a good idea, kind of, Matt. I should have just said I already have it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, and they kind of it, move it, on. It but, kind of reminded of, uh, of that uh, scene in Airplane when he's trying to get through, <laughs> go to go through the airport, and everybody's jumping in front of him saying, do you want this? Do you want that? Yeah. So <laughs> we're like, ah! <laughs> so, it's funny. Yeah. I think it, I think the cabin is exactly the same. Like the cabin, there's no special wonderful thing about a, a Disney cabin versus a Royal Caribbean. Like in terms of where you're going to sleep at night, um, and the the beautiful uh, balcony, um, it's exactly the same. We did 
did have on the last was it the last two nights there was some sort of machinery <laughs> outside of our I don't know where it was in the ship that was keeping us awake but um, but other than that it was absolutely fine the cabin was great and there's no difference uh, for me okay Mike what are some of the things you thought that was that maybe that was your, your whole list of things that you thought Disney does better than Royal. I think that one of the things Disney does, and I and I really this is this is to be a compliment that they 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 sort of do. This is what I talk about when I talk about technical writing. They insult the the audience, and by that I mean, and, and this is a good thing because they make sure we know exactly what we have to do, where we have to go. On the things that Michelle and I had signed up for, we weren't really sure where to go. Yes, I forgot uh, about and, that. <laughs> and and so I, we had to go to guest services or call up and say, where do we go for this? Where do we go for that? Disney is very good at letting us know exactly where we have to go, when we have to go, who to see, blah blah blah, because. That's the way it should be. And I think that Royal Caribbean needs to work a little bit more on that. Let me so add like to that, too. Yeah, like even uh, – what's the daily thing, Matt? The the daily um, – Navigator? The, the cruise not compass. The, navi- yeah. the compass. Okay. The cruise compass, yeah. So, so the, the cruise compass had, for instance, the guacamole class. So you would think you would see where the guacamole class was. We had no idea where it was. Um, but then what happened was we, we arrived and I made a reservation ahead of time. We were all set, but there were people there who saw that on the cruise compass and they arrived and they waited for it to start and they were told, Oh, this is sold out. This is sold out from people who, who booked it early, but it was on the cruise compass. So I heard a man say, Hey dude, you know, you think you could like take it off the cruise compass? I just wasted 20 minutes of my time waiting for this. And I could have been doing this with my family. And he was he was a little annoyed. And I agree with that. If it's sold out, take it off so that people won't show up. And we didn't even know where to show up. But we did. We also did a cupcake making class. We didn't know where that was. We had to keep on calling the front desk. And so that was a little odd. That they didn't tell okay. us where uh, things makes- were. Yeah, interesting. Okay, so you they want to be you want them to be more verbose about those kinds of things, and make it a little more clear, especially things that you're pre booking in advance. I can totally understand that. It's well, it's not. a it's a big ship. It you know you have to yeah. leave uh, 15 minutes before you're going where you're going. So sure, uh, you want to make sure. What are I think, what are some things? Oh, go ahead, Mike. Sorry, I was going to suggest also the way that they um, prepare everyone for the emergencies, the possible emergency, the the drill. Seemed yeah. to be too lighthearted, and I thought that there should have been more serious uh, approach to what you have to do. Um, we were, well, you know how it works, Matt. They they bring us into Silk, and and we watch a video. It was sort of a almost was a parody of what could happen, rather than you know on the Disney cruise ships. You know you have to put the life jacket on, and you go through the whole process, which I think is worthwhile because. You get to do it, and so if, God forbid, something happens, you have at least a point of reference as to what you have to do. In this case, we went, we sat at a table, we watched the video. It was a, like a comedy, and I thought, wow, what a, what, is, what kind of a Oh, actually, I, no, I disagree with you. I actually like that better. <laughs> uh, I thought the video was cute. It's kind of like um, there, there's a Virgin Atlantic video that they, they show on the airplanes that are, is kind of funny, but... So we it's, we, it's, we disagree. <laughs> I, it's <laughs> tough because the you're wrong. The, <laughs> the um, Royal Caribbean for years has not has not made guests bring life jackets to the drill. That's just not hasn't been the case for a number of years. I'm this is going back probably 
I'm going to go with seven or eight, if not more years now. They haven't had that requirement. The problem is guests don't pay attention. Bottom line, they're they're just they're not paying attention regardless of there's a video or not. The video is recent. The that you saw like that James Bondish kind of video, right, right, where, right, with the with the teddy bear, and it's it's a new that's like really new that just debuted like this spring, and that's a new approach to I think solve that problem. With people just clearly not paying attention. Um, on other ships, you it's more regimented. You're standing up. You're not usually on sitting down, and you oftentimes you're standing outside on one of the decks and. You know, you, they demonstrate things. It's almost like watching a on an airplane when they demonstrate the, the how the seatbelt works. Same basic idea. But again, uh, how many people are really paying attention? If you look around, I feel like it, most people are just kind of like doing anything but paying attention. Um, I don't know what the what I understand. The video is kind of campy. I'm not going to deny that. I just don't know what the what the solution is that makes people actually pay attention. I think it's just inevitably this is human nature that most guests are. You know, they're just, they don't care. They're just kind of doing whatever they're doing. Same thing happens on airplanes, too. You don't know when half people are not paying attention to what the stewardess right. is. I like the just, campy. You know. I thought it, I thought it got me to pay attention. And honestly, what fraction of is of that is your vacation? So, right. That, right. that didn't enough. bother me. That didn't bother me. All right. Me. And uh, what things, now, what, Mike, what things did you think Royal Caribbean did better than Disney? I'll say one thing, and that is, well, besides the price, uh, let's go back to Central Park. I think that if there was anything that Disney could do that um, Royal Caribbean does is to create a deck like Central Park and have very small, intimate restaurants, specialty restaurants. I think that would add to the Disney experience. Okay. I, I would agree 100%. I think that the Central Park area was, was really something to see, very impressive. And, you know, on a Disney ship, you have maybe Remy and Paolo. It's very hard to get um, reservations to those. And it was the complete opposite in Royal Caribbean. Uh, they had empty tables. They had, they were asking people to come in. People are standing out with menus. And I just, I think if I were to, to do it again, I would go and just do all of my dining at all those restaurants. Me too. I thought, Me it, too. thought it was fabulous. Me I also too. like the um, the levitating bar, although we didn't go in it. The levitating bar was was really great. Um, yeah, the rising and, tide bar. Yeah, the rising tide bar, the bar that goes up several levels. Um, what else does it do better? I think the excursions are exactly the same because it's the same sure. outfitters. Um, so yeah. Sounds good. I didn't right, spend well, is... as much money, I think, at the end. Uh, you know, there there were some add-ons, but I don't think I spent as much as I do on a Disney cruise at the end. You know, the extra, like, right. you spend your money for the cruise, and then there's the, the bill at the end where you go, ah! But I... <laughs> <laughs> we did what? Who did this? Who bought all this stuff? Yeah. Right. Good. Well, uh, of course, I'll post a link in our show notes to uh, Mike and Michelle's podcast that talks about running at Walt Disney World and running in general. Actually, it's pretty good stuff. Even if you go to Disney or not, it's just I just learned that there are socks that you're supposed to wear that are good for running. I didn't know that was a thing, but now that's a thing. And I learned something from that. So if nothing else, if you enjoy running for fun, if you enjoy running, if you enjoy Disney World, if you just like hearing Mike tell stories of the old country, you've got all that at the Mickey Miles podcast. We're actually Guys, Mickey just... Miles and more, uh, Matt. So we do talk Mickey about Miles and oh, more. That's right. Yeah. right. We thought with the uh, with the uh, transition of a certain podcast that uh, Mickey Miles and more would be a good uh, a good transition for our particular podcast. So 
big shout out to Chris Eliopoulos, who um, him yes. and I share a special passion together for Waffle House. So big shout out to Chris. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll wrap things up. Guys, thank you so much for joining me here. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. Thank you for uh, turning us on to uh, Royal Caribbean, because now we have a point of reference between that and the Disney Cruise Line. Yeah. So now before we let him go, I want to ask Matt. What is your favorite ship? If you were to say you're, you guys are going to go again, you should go on Harmony of the Seas. That's my favorite. That's a sister ship to Oasis. So same class, but they've added new things since then. It's a little bit of a I don't want to say 2.0, but it's uh, plussed it up, if you will. And okay. the shows that are on there are really, really good. You've got Grease, their Broadway musical. They have an original oh, Royal Caribbean production uh, that is. Um, there's a lot of a lot of fun. I think Michelle would really really enjoy that show. There's no cats involved in that show, Mike. So that's already a plus for you. No <laughs> felines. Like cats. <laughs> Mike enjoyed cats. <laughs> he just didn't like my narration. Yeah, and the other one that might be you really might consider also would be Anthem of the Seas out of New York because obviously it's a lot closer to you guys. So you could drive down uh, to to New York City. It's right out. It's actually in New Jersey, so you can actually visit Chris Eliopoulos while you're doing that. Even better. Drag him on the uh, kidnap him and take him on the cruise. Oh my god! Anthem of the Seas is designed more like it's it's really aimed at people that are new to cruising. It's very different look to it. It the I think if you were to step on Anthem, you say, "Whoa, this is definitely a different experience from from what you were just on on Oasis of the Seas." And it's a brand new ship; just came out in 2015. And there's some interesting things there. I think you would really you would really pick up on. It's not quite as large. I mean, it's still a large ship. Don't get me wrong. You're talking about you know close to five thousand passengers, but you know that's still it still feels a little smaller than the Oasis class ships. But you get a lot of the great things that make the Oasis class ship fun still on a Quantum class ship. So again, I think between the location and the itineraries also because you can you can visit Boston if you wanted to, but it goes to Bermuda, it goes to the Caribbean. You get a little variety over there. Uh, that yeah, might be a good one. To, might, that might be a good natural one to try so either another harmony of the seas maybe the new symphony of the seas that's coming out next year or anthem of the season your back well not really your backyard but down the street a little bit in mm-hmm. new york might be a, a really good choice as well cool thank you, thank awesome. you. thanks guys Thank you, as always, for listening to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. Each and every week, it is my pleasure to come on and talk about something Royal Caribbean related. And I'm even happier that somebody's actually listening to us talking Royal Caribbean. So thank you for being a part of the podcast, whether it's your first episode or you've been listening since the beginning. Love your dedication and your support. And, of course, uh, this is what it's all about, right? Including this part of the show where we get to answer your listener emails. Every week, I invite everybody listening to send me emails about anything on their mind about Royal Caribbean Cruise, whether you have a question about your upcoming cruise, uh, something you want to talk about that was on a previous podcast episode. Maybe you read something on royalcaribbeanblog.com and want to comment on it. Well, this is your opportunity to do so, and you can send me an email by sending an email to matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com, matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Our first email this week comes to us from Zach Diviak, writes, Matt, two questions. Hopefully they make sense. You say we can purchase the deluxe beverage package. If the price goes down, simply cancel it and repurchase it at the lower price. My question is, if I buy the deluxe beverage package and see a lower price, do I have to charge my credit card again and wait for a refund on the canceled initial purchase? Yes, that is exactly how that works. When you make a purchase via Royal Caribbean's cruise plan or before your cruise, you can purchase anything on there and it's all fully refundable. In fact, I could be wrong, but I'm not a, I can't think of anything off the top of my head on the cruise planner that is not fully refundable. But like you said, Zach, when you cancel and then rebook, what you are doing is canceling 
one purchase and then making another purchase. So yes, your credit card will take a couple days for the refund to come out there. So you've got to float that money for a little bit. I think for most people, that's not a major deal. I mean, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of different purchases that you can make over time and, you know, it, it kind of breaks itself up and it's not a major deal. But yes, you're gonna, there's going to be a little bit of a lag time where you're essentially buying the same thing twice. But the refunds usually come back in about three to five business days at the most. It's, it comes back a lot quicker, actually, than, than it may seem. So in most billing situations, that should be a wash in, in the grand scheme of things. If you happen to time it in badly, you know, where if you cancel it, and then rebuy it, but the day you buy it and cancel it was like the last billing day of your cycle, and yeah, you're going to have that credit on the next one. But in the grand scheme of things, you will get your money back, and it will end up saving you money. Zach's other question is, the wife and I have chosen my time dining option for our November ceiling on Allure of the Seas, as we like the flexibility. We also enjoy the company of others during dinner. Is it possible to be in main di- on my time dining in the main dining room, but be seated with others? It is, Zach. You just have to make the request. It's just like anything else, just to let them know, hey, you know, it's a party of four or whatever, and we'd like to... We- like to sit with other people and they can certainly accommodate you as best they can best the best way to go about it so good question zach thank you for sending them in our next email comes to us from viviana gonzalez hi matt just discovered your podcast i love listening to it in the car on my way to or from work it sure helps me get through to get more excited about my upcoming alert of the sea sailing I just heard episode 192, five rules for a real Korean deal, and a listener email asked a question about using onboard credit from a previous onboard booking towards purchasing items through the cruise planner before the sailing. My husband and I booked our cruise last year while on a waste of the seas and got $100 each, for $200 total, for our allure sailing. We decided on purchasing the alcohol package when we saw 20% off plus a free internet deal, and we were surprised to see we could apply that $200 towards the cost of the alcohol package. To us, it was a no-brainer as this significantly dropped the price by another $100 each. I've attached a screenshot below to show how it reflected on order history. Don't know if this also applies to massages, especially dining, as the original listener asked, but it's nice to know it can be used to set off the price of more costly add-ons such as the alcohol package. Viviana, thank you for the email, and you're absolutely right. One of the changes, one of the uh, additions to Royal Caribbean's Cruise Planner, one of the improvements they've done over the last year was the option now to apply onboard credit towards your pre-cruise purchase. Because a lot of times when the first, when Cruise Planner first was out there, and some of these, you know, alcohol packages and dining packages are first started appearing. A lot of people used to say, well, I'm not going to buy it before my cruise because I got all this onboard credit. I'm going to wait to get on board the ship, even though that means you may be paying more once you get on board. But the bottom line is you got this free money. You may as well use it, right? Well, Rokerman's been listened and they added this new option. So when you go to make a purchase via the cruise planner, when you get to the checkout phase, there will be an option to apply the onboard credit at that time. And as Viviana noted, she's able to apply you know, in this case, a $200 credit, or you can, you can break it up. You can put a little bit on more credit, a little bit of money out of your credit card. It's up to you how much you want to apply, if any at all. I actually end up, not all cruises, but most of the time, I have not used that option because I prefer to have, have the onboard credit on board the ship so that I have that to offset things like when we bring our, our kids to Adventure Ocean and there's an hourly charge to that. That's money I can't prepaze. I'd rather have that that buffer there to help offset those costs. Whereas I'll, I'll buy my drink package months ahead of time. And to me, having the ability to break up total cost is is worth it in that regard. But Viviana's one hundred percent right. Onboard credit you get from Royal Caribbean directly, you can apply. And I say the word directly because if you get onboard credit via another means, maybe your travel agent is providing onboard credit, that may not show up in the onboard credit you can use in the cruise planner. You will still get that onboard credit onboard the ship, but the onboard credit you get 
that's available to use in the cruise planner is usually only onboard credit that comes directly from Royal Caribbean and usually as part of a booking incentive, like uh, Viviana's example, she booked at next cruise office. But if there was a wow sale or if there was another booking promotion in which onboard credit was part of it, that would be available to her. But there are some circumstances in which onboard credit may not show up there, but it will show up on the cruise, if that makes sense. So, Viviana, great email. Thank you for bringing that to our attention because you know what? I bet you there's folks who didn't realize that because it's kind of a recent change. And next, we have an email from Taryn from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. You know how some listeners have remarked about you speaking too fast on the podcast? Well, I don't struggle to understand you, but just for fun, I turned the settings to half speed. It was hysterical. It sounded like you'd been taking full advantage of your unlimited drink package and then had the grit to start answering listener questions. <laughs> anyway, I thought you might get a kick out of that, and people who find it hard to keep up might find that option helpful. Thanks for all you do and the enthusiastic pace at which you do it. <laughs> Love that, Taryn. And uh, there are some people right now who are going there and they're, where's that setting in your phone? And a lot of the podcast apps have that option, especially I know on iPhone they have it. I'm sure Android as well. You can change the speed. Actually, I know a lot of people use that feature to speed up podcasts uh, that, that are long, like, you know, multiple hour podcasts, because in a lot of cases, people speak probably a little slower than I do. So if you do it at speed and a half, they sound like chipmunks, but you can hear it and you can get through the episode faster, but... I can only imagine when you do it half speed and I shall <laughs> I can't imagine what that would sound like if you did it at half speed when I was doing the fake half speed, but nonetheless. Next we have an email from Tiffany from Medford, New York. Matt, what can you tell me about theme nights? I have been able to find much info online, except that sometimes there's a 70s night or a white night. What are the options they have? Is there any way to know what to expect on our cruise? We are sailing on a seven-day Eastern Caribbean cruise on Oasis of the Seas in October. My second part of this email is because I know you're a sucker for a cruise connection. My husband and I met as teenagers on the Big Red Boat in 1994. We left the cruise as pen pals and kept in touch for many years. Life happened, but MySpace brought us back together, and we've been married since 2006. We are poster children for the relationships that can be formed on a cruise. Tiffany... Wow, going with the throwback Thursday, even though today's Wednesday, with the Big Red Boat and MySpace. First of all, that's an awesome story. You met on board. You were pen pals. Does, does anyone under the age of, like, 35 know what a pen pal is? Oh, my gosh. You, you, you stayed in touch. You met on MySpace, which in and of itself, is anyone over the under the age of uh, 25 know what MySpace is? And and you got married, and you've been married ever since. That is such an awesome story. Wow. Kudos to you. I, thank you for sharing it. Now, back to your question. How do you know what to expect in terms of theme nights? That's right. And Tiffany is right. There are a lot of different themed events on board a, a given Royal Caribbean sailing. There are things like 70s nights. There's 80s nights. There's Caribbean nights, where you're supposed to dress kind of like uh, Rastafarian almost. Um, You know, there's lots of different themes that can go on there. Royal Caribbean does not post this information in advance. So, like, I'll use Tiffany as an example here. Her cruise is on Oasis in October. They're not going to tell you what night is going to be what event, even formal nights for that matter. What you can do, though, Tiffany, is, of course, RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. <laughs> what I mean by that is go to RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com and go to our Cruise Compass section. On the top of every single page is a link that says Cruise Compass. Click on that, and we have an archive of Cruise Compasses going back many, many years, and we got plenty from Oasis of the Seas. And if you read the Cruise Compass, not only is it going to give you a good idea of what to expect in general on board the ship, it's going to give you an idea of what to expect from... Uh, theme evenings, right? What, the, you know, 70s night is, is, is there a 70s night? Is there a white hot party? Is there, you know, a, a glow party? Whatever they happen to call it, you get a ballpark idea of what to expect because in general, what you find in these cruise compasses, especially Tiffany, if you read 
maybe two or three cruise compasses from Oasis of the Seas, is you're going to see that, oh, there's always a 70s night, and it always happens on night four, right? I'm just making things up. I have no idea. But you're going to see a pattern, is my point. And that will allow you to pretty much plan for it. There's no guarantee, but in general, you're going to get a ballpark estimate of what to expect. And in my experience, what you find in these past cruise compasses encompasses, I would say... 85% of the events that are going to be on board your ship. Times may vary a little bit. Certainly, like, what movies are being shown will change up almost certainly. Uh, The specific comedian or headliner entertainer, that can change as well. But the bottom line is that, you know, the theme nights really don't change up at, at all, and especially when you're talking about the same itineraries on the same ship. So basically, go to that Cruise Compass link, Tiffany, and I'll post a link in our show notes to it at royalcreamblog.com as well. But you go to the Cruise Compass Find a couple from Oasis of the Seas, preferably a seven-day eastern sailing. That way it'll match up a little bit better with what you're expecting. And I think you're going to get a pretty good idea of what to expect. It's certainly what I would do in your situation and what I have done in the past. So it is a very, very good question. Our next email is from Susan Widowson, a.k.a. Cruisin' Susan. Matt, exactly 11 years ago, we were planning our first Royal Caribbean cruise. It was a warm Wednesday night. My husband and I were floating around in the pool talking about the upcoming changes in our lives. There's son going off to college and my husband having a big project at work that would be starting up soon. He suggested that while our son was still at home to watch the dogs in the house, that we would get away together for a vacation. He asked me where I want to go. I said that I always wanted to do another cruise. Our first was a surprise last-minute non-Royal Caribbean cruise with two 10-year-olds. A good story for another time. He told me to look into it the next day. By noon on Thursday, I found a travel agent who had found us a great deal on a Southern Caribbean cruise out of San Juan, Puerto Rico on Adventure of the Seas, leaving that Sunday. We were hooked from our first step on the ship. Now we're waiting for our 12th Royal Caribbean cruise, Anthem of the Seas, next May. Since then, we have planned our cruises well in advance. The more we cruise, the further in advance. In fact, we're thinking about doing Alaska in 2019, and I've already been looking into what we would do. Charlotte at MEI Travel has been very helpful with a mock booking to give us ideas for a budget. We'll be real soon to your podcast on Cruising Alaska too. We find that planning in advance has many advantages, like getting the balcony cabin we want is especially important for a transatlantic or Alaska cruise and getting them at a great price. I've tracked pricing for our last four cruises after we booked them, and the prices have only gone up from there, even with the special sales they have had. Susan, thank you for the email, and also thank you for supporting our sponsor, MEI Travel. That's awesome to hear that they've been super helpful for you. And you're preaching to the choir, Susan. I, I'm a big proponent of booking in advance for the two reasons you just mentioned at the very end of that email. You get the exact room you want at more or less going to be the best price out there. And I've seen this time and time again where I book cruises years in advance. And over time, you, you'll see different promotions throughout the year. Heck, there could be multiple promotions during the same week. And it seems like, in general, prices just tend to gravitate up rather than down. And it, it, it makes perfect sense. So, Susan, you are uh, you're on the right track. And I love hearing that story about your first real roller cribbing cruise and how you've come since then. And it sounds like you're on the right path with, uh, you, with your pricing strategy there and making sure that you get the, the cruise you want, the room you want at a great price. Perfect. Love that. Next, we have an email from James who writes, Matt, thank you so much for the podcast on cruise travel credit cards. It's always good to check out what other options are out there. I've enjoyed discovering your podcast and Facebook Live video chats. I learn something every new time I listen to you, your guests, or your audience on Facebook Live. Keep up the great work, and thanks for all you do to enhance our cruising experiences. James, thank you so much for the wonderful email, and I have so much fun talking real Caribbean, whether it's here on the podcast, whether it's on Facebook Live, on Periscope. 
I'm looking for any excuse to do it, James, because at the heart of the reason I started RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com is because I wanted to share in the cruise planning experience. I was getting so excited for my Oasis of the Seas cruise back in 2010, and I was like, you know what? Not only do I have all this excitement, but I've got questions, and I wanted to, you know, kind of find a way to get them all answered and still, you know, share in that excitement. Find others who who also shared in that excitement, and lo and behold. I kind of came up with the idea of the blog, not really knowing what it was going to be, and here we are in 2017, and I, I'll tell you, I am so grateful for the wonderful community that has sprung up around the RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. In fact, I would say that of all things we've done with RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com, the thing I am most proud of, the thing I hang my hat on, the thing I tell people all the time that this is what I am most proud of is the wonderful community we have. People like James who come here and they listen to the podcast, they contribute back. When you go to our Facebook Lives, we do a, uh, a Facebook Live, which is basically a live video broadcast every Tuesday and Saturday on our Facebook page. And we just hang out there. But what's great is we get a, a blend of folks that are brand new, either to cruising and or to railcraneblog.com. But also, we get a lot of friends joining us week after week, Tuesday after Tuesday, Saturday after Saturday. And folks like James, you start to rec- I start to recognize the names because you know I start I usually like to you know, say hello to everybody. And I start recognizing them. And it's so wonderful because not only do we get folks who have a great sense of humor, who have a great wealth of knowledge, but we're all helping each other. I don't know everything. I'll be first to admit that. I don't know everything about cruising. I don't know everything about Royal Caribbean. I just share what I do know. And I love learning from other folks as well, especially experiences from other people. So, James, I am so glad to have you here. And thank you for being a part of this fun. It really does mean a lot. Love that. All right, let's go to our last email for this week. It is from uh, Alexander, who writes, Hi, Matt. I'm an avid reader of your blog and love the podcast. Thanks for checking my question. Just like most readers, I'm an avid cruise planner and check their website almost every day as if anything is going to change in the next eight months. I realize there are a lot of factors, but at its core, my question is this. Suppose you have $500 on board credit, and suppose your budget... Uh, for part of that is to pay for gratuities. And suppose that most else you want can be bought in advance on the cruise planner, like the beverage package, internet, etc., at a discount. Finally, suppose that you're not likely to buy much else on board. Would you rather A, buy a drink package, for example, on the cruise planner at a discount using your own money and be forced, quote-unquote, to use your onboard credit as something you didn't need, B, pay a higher price but use the onboard credit and limit the overall cost of the cruise using your own money? As a frugal traveler, I'm torn between the two masters. On the one hand, I can't bring myself to pass up the discount by buying in advance. On the other hand, I have this onboard credit to use, and I'll be—I'll end up spending it just to get things that I don't really need. In a perfect world, I'd be able to use the onboard credit on the cruise planner, but I get that this is the way it works. All right, I'm going to stop the question. He's got, he adds a lot of stuff here. But Alex, maybe you read, you're the first part of this email or about this, sorry, about this podcast episode. You can. Problem solved, my friend. Wish granted. You can. So what you... You can use your onboard credit on the cruise planner towards your cruise. Now, this is assuming the the uh, the onboard credit you're getting is coming from Royal Caribbean, of course, but it sounds like it is. And so, yes, you can use that onboard credit. So that way, you're paying it off in advance. You're getting the best possible price, and you're using your quote-unquote free money and not, you know, wasting. And I use the word wasting in air quotes because, of course, you know, I think if you had to spend $500 on the massages on board just to burn through it, I don't think you'd really regret it all that much, right? It wouldn't be the end of the world to go about it that way. So I hope that makes sense. I know that, Alexander, you had a little more to write here, but it sounds like that was, maybe you were unaware of this option uh, that, that exists, that you can use your onboard credit. Uh, basically, what you do is you go to 
you go to Royal Caribbean's website, you go to the Cruise Planner website. So obviously if you have an account with Royal Caribbean, you already know about this. You already mentioned the Cruise Planner, so I'm probably not, I don't have to explain that to you. But once you log into your cruise and you get to the main Cruise Planner page, you should see at the top of the page, it's like top right-ish, the option of how much onboard credit you have. Even if you don't, or if you're overlooking it, when you get to the checkout phase, so you add the drink package to your to your cart, you go to checkout, there'll be an option there about how you're going to pay for this, and one of the options you will see is your onboard credit there. Now, there's a couple things that can mitigate this or make this more difficult. If you're booking multiple rooms, right? Like as an example, a lot of times I cruise with my kids, and we get two rooms. Well, if we got $100 on each room, that's two different reservation numbers, and so I can only use $100 at a time, if that makes sense. Not the end of the world, I mean... Oftentimes, I'm in one room on paper. My wife is on another room on paper. So, you know, it's $100 there, $100. What's the difference, right? It's same difference. Uh, but in general, if that's going to your conundrum, though, yes, I would definitely go about it that way. And as I mentioned earlier, I like to, even though I have access to the money, in general, I prefer to save it for on board. And I... Obviously, if you're not paying your, if you're not prepaying your gratuities, that's that's a big part of it right there. That that onboard credit can eat that up quite quickly. Also, if you're doing things like Adventure Ocean, the things that you can't pre-book on your cruise uh, souvenirs, those are things that can definitely be used on on there. I mean, let me put it this way: I've never, there's been no, uh, there's no shortage of things to spend my money on on board. I've never gone to a point on a Royal Caribbean cruise in which I said, "Gosh darn it, I don't know what to spend my money on. I have run out of things to do." It's it's never happened. And I would circle with my wife. If it ever did happen, I would just go buy her some nice jewelry and we would settle that problem really quickly. So, Alex, I hope this is... You asked, you gave me a dilemma as if I was supposed to pick A or B, but I gave you C. You can have your cake and eat it too with your onboard credit on board, Alex. And of course, uh, hope that answers your question and makes you smile a little bit uh, today. So there you go. And thank you to everybody for joining us here on this week's episode. Of course, if you want to send me your emails, you have something, a conundrum of your own you want to discuss or a question or whatever's on your mind about Royal Caribbean Cruising, hey, this is your opportunity to do so. Send me an email, Matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Matt, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.